All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the KC Beer Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And Trevor Twidwell. What up? We are really glad to get this going because, holy shit, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, this has been a week. Shit. It's a, a shit. Like Eddie <laughs> likes to say, it's, it's a, a shit. shit. This was a shit of a week. And not a bad way. Actually, good shit. If there's like ever been a good shit, this was this week. This shit's oh, unless you're a Thunder fan, I guess. I'm going to tell you right now, man, this is a good shit. We have a lot it's to talk about. like a good shit. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we'll grow up during this episode, but we're, we're glad to be here, guys, to talk about a lot of stuff because I'm telling you right now, this was, I mean, we, I was literally stockpiling topics this week as far as what we wanted to talk about. I don't even know if we're going to be able to get to everything yeah. because we don't want to literally spend, you know, have you spend your entire night or day listening to us ramble about certain topics, but we want to get right to it. Um, again, thank you for all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you for everybody that's been listening to the show since the beginning, or if you just joined in, welcome to what we do. Uh, nothing too crazy here. We just talk a little sports and we try to give you guys our opinion and hopefully we don't drive you away with them. So let's get right to it. I want to congratulate, and I mean it with the, the most sincerity in me, guys. I want to congratulate our ladies, our U.S. Women's National Team, for being back-to-back champs. Uh, it is definitely a big, yeah, let's give them a serious Let's do it because oh, yeah! that, that is something Hello. to definitely be proud of. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not the biggest U.S. Women's, like, or a women's soccer fan. I don't oh. watch them normally the – what is it? The NSW, what is it? The NSWL, whatever it's called. WSL. Yes, I'm sorry. I got the letters Teenage mixed. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. There, I don't watch <laughs> any women's soccer, but this gets me excited because this gives this gives the ladies a lot of attention, and I think they deserve that. They've worked their ass off, like we've talked about in previous shows, and they went out there and they took care of business. I want to congratulate Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, uh, all the other ladies on that team. You guys did a masterful job. You guys unified and you took care of business. And it's it's just great to see. So more luck to you guys as the years go on. And I just wanted to give them a shout out on that as far as what has taken place. Congratulations. And I, I hope they it. continue to do what they do, did it. which is dominate. Um, I want to get into the topic that I've been dying to talk about since Friday night. Actually, I think it qualifies as Saturday morning. Um, we did our show Friday night at around 7, 730. That's bullshit. And <laughs> bullshit. It was a bullshit, and uh, we we were sitting, you know, in the studio talking, and and I felt very confident in one particular way. I think Trevor, you felt started to feel pretty confident about a certain way. Eddie, you were wearing your fucking Canada shirts and stuff, trying to act like you know you knew what you were talking about. You said I was close. He, he was even texting us during the week, saying that you know, hey, Kawhi just texted me, guys. I just got off the phone with him. He said he signed. With hey, the Clippers Canada, they both began with the C. I was close. We 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 got done with the show, and and we still hadn't heard any word. And you guys know how it went. I'm in, I'm in bed. I'm asleep. And my room is dark. <laughs> I don't like any lights on when I'm asleep. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing this glow next to my bed, and it's not going away. <laughs> so I pe- peel open my eyes, and it's just alerts of – I'm going to knock this water over real quick. I, it's, just, it's just alerts of my phone. You guys are texting me. And I literally thought I was dreaming. Like I'm like, okay, this is just because we just got done doing the show a couple hours ago. I'm totally exhausted from my day. 
there's no way this just really happened because from everything we were being told, the Clippers were out of it. Right. There was no chance in hell that Kawhi Leonard was, deceived us. Yeah, he, LeBron yeah. and Kawhi. What I'm hearing is the Clippers, are out. the Lakers. Right. No, it, it, it was it was I was convinced that if it wasn't going to be the Lakers, it was going to be back to the Toronto Raptors. But no, Ka- Kawhi did a total. You know, he totally just flip, flipped the script on all of us. Nobody expected to see that. And not only went to the Clippers, but managed to get the Thunder to trade away Paul George, who they just gave an extension to well, the year before. He convinced Paul George he, to pressure. He, sure, but I'm saying he was still under contract, so the Thunder had all they had the no, leverage. Yeah, but Thunder had no choice. They didn't want to keep nobody there that didn't want to play. I, I agree. And my point is that Kawhi Leonard did a masterful job in getting oh. what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is where I'm going to go on this whole thing. Because all week long, and I'm talking from the moment it happened, because I turned on local radio to see what the night guys were saying, and I've been listening to it nonstop till about an hour and a half ago. Mm. Everyone is jumping on this Clippers bandwagon. And I, mean, I get the hype. For good Hold reason. on. Just right. hear me out here. I get the hype. I understand that when you put two prolific players next to each other, and I'll get to the prolific part in a second as far as the rankings of these two players, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I get when you pair those two kind of guys together that automatically you're going to get attention, you're going to gain ground, and you're automatically going to be considered a contender, especially when you have talented players around them like they do on the Clippers roster currently. Right. They are a damn good team. Defensively, for sure. That is a damn good team. That is a team that can win a championship. And I get why people are picking them to win the championship. But let me tell you why Kawhi Leonard is a complete jackass. Oh Imagine being in a position where you've already won two championships with two different franchises and you've been finals MVP with both those teams. You have proven everything you need to prove as an NBA player, and you are just now in your prime. You have the opportunity to make max money, go back home, and play with two superstar players and run the league for years to come, and you turn that down. That is why Kawhi Leonard is a jackass. And I know that is the extreme unpopular opinion. No one is literally no one is saying this right now. But that is exactly how I view this. I get that the Clippers are a team now that can win a championship. If he would have went to the Lakers, they will win the championship. There is a difference. I get the whole man, he really you know added balance to the league now. Yeah, no shit. Because now there's no dynasty in the league. At least not yet. And the reason I say not yet is because LeBron James and Anthony Davis are now going to have to put a little bit more on their own backs in order to create said dynasty. And I feel like Kawhi Leonard really missed the boat on something that could have changed his legacy forever. Yes, again, let me reemphasize, they can't, they, they as in the Clippers, can win a championship. But think about think about choosing a star player, not a superstar. I love Paul George. He is not a superstar player. Imagine picking a star Ooh, player, and I'm going to get that. to that in a second. Cool, imagine, man. imagine picking a star player and a bunch of ragtag players that are unproven or in their mid 30s right now, over playing with two of the five best players in the world. That to me is insane. I mean, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's just what he wanted to do. I don't think. I don't really have a problem with with, with the move. I, I, I like I said before that we even knew that this happened. I would be fine with him going to the Clippers or staying in Toronto. I just wanted to be. I really kind of preferred him staying in Toronto because I wanted to see him face off with LeBron in the finals. That's where that's what I really wanted to happen. 
rather than him join LeBron. That was my preference. Uh, the fact that he's with the Clippers and makes the West that much more competitive and, and Staples Center alone that much more competitive. Um, I think it's – I don't know. I mean, it's kind of exciting to see if there, there if there's a rivalry that brews here. There's not a rivalry yet. Um, I still put my money on the Lakers. But, like, as far as Kawhi's move, I honestly don't – I'm not that emotionally attached to it to where I feel like – I think he has actually – my opinion, I think he has more to prove than people lead, lead, led on have led on. Um, I think his legacy is still kind of distorted as far as who he really is. A lot of things have played out in his favor since he's entered the league. I mean, he got drafted into it, one of the best, if not the best, dynasty we've ever seen with Spurs and Pop. That's one of the best dynasties we've ever seen in sports. He got drafted into the middle of that, and then they want to call him the dynasty killer when we're just going to ignore the fact that there was already a dynasty he was already birthed into. So that's kind of not fair to, to give him that title in my mind. Um, and then obviously what transpired last season with the Warriors completely – shitting themselves and falling apart that's great and for you know him winning a ring and you know i think he has more to prove than we lead on i really do i think he has more to prove and you know the fact that he had to go out of his way to force it paul george to trade to join him makes him no different than anyone else joining up with you know another fellow star so what does it mean you know that's my opinion well i mean i i get what you're saying i i understand that I don't think he's a jackass. Well, I, I do. I, do. Uh, I, I, I think he wants to listen. win regardless. He may, maybe he doesn't want to play with LeBron, and that that's, it definitely seems that way. And, and I mean, they, people have said before, it, it was rumors. A, 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 it was rumors. I don't, we don't know if it's confirmed or not, but we've heard that he he doesn't want to play with LeBron. And maybe, right. that, I, maybe I, I that's true. I think it, it's his loss because I think he would play better alongside LeBron than a Paul George. And he'd win a lot more rings. Uh, but granted, I think LeBron's the best in, in small four position, and I think the two and three – are Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard? So those to me, well, I, I still Kevin think Durant's still considered a small forward. He's a damn near. He's seven foot. I so get I, it. I, I get but it. yeah, I I think I think I think the Clippers are going to be great. I think it's going to be hyper competitive, and I'm not sure who's going to be seated higher. To be honest with you, that's my point. But when it comes to playoffs, my money is going to be on LeBron. And that's AD. but that's see that that's my point. Barring Even health. see, I get the whole hype right now of the fact that they paired when he paired himself with Paul George. Right. And you know they got this good team, and they're in LA. They got Doc Rivers. They got you know uh, um, you know Steve Ballmer is the owner. Jerry West is their GM guy. It's like I get all of it. It looks great. I'm more excited if I'm a Lakers fan. But if you, but yeah, but if you're There's sitting no here, if you're down. sitting here and asking, I, I went live on Facebook the next day on yeah, Saturday yeah, yeah, after yeah. on Facebook Live on the Spoken, and I explained to this. I explained this. And I'm standing by this, and I could be wrong. I'm not gonna be. You're, you're never talk, wrong. You're Lance. talking about look at look at it like this. Even with even, and we're going to talk to more more about the NBA moves that have taken place today, even or the last couple of days. Um, even with Russell Westbrook going to the Rockets, the Lakers still have the most high end superstar power in the West. Oh, yeah. Go down the board. I'm not saying they have the best roster. Yeah. I'm saying that if you put LeBron James, who to me is still the best player in the NBA. And Anthony Davis, who is at worst the fifth best player. Who could fifth, become the best player in the NBA. He's, yeah, at, at worst right now is the fifth best player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. If you go down the list, no other team has two top five guys. In regards to Paul George, why he's not a superstar? Well, I would have to quantify. What, what exactly defines a superstar player? For me, a superstar player is a guy you can build a team around and is the guy that can lead your team to a championship. Let's get real, though, dude. He, outside of LeBron... Without LeBron in the East, he's passed this past decade. Paul George would have made multiple appearances in the finals. Well, we can't really base that on anything. He was other in the Eastern fact- Conference Finals numerous times. I understand and, that, and had major battle. He just couldn't get past LeBron. And I'm not gonna. 
I understand, but, but, but we're not going to sit here and act like Paul George was balling in those series. He wasn't. Leading up to though, he just couldn't get past LeBron. He, he was getting dominated case, in those but series. But that's been the case with Toronto, too. They couldn't get past that LeBron hump. The pass I'll give, what happens as soon as he leaves. The pass I'll give Paul George in some of those series is, is the fact he was super young. I think his he was 21 years old. He was 20, 21 years old. He was in his young 20s when they faced against the Heat. It was in 2012, 2013, I believe, when they went to the East Conference Finals, right? Right, right. He was very, very young. He's only 28 now. That's what I'm saying. My point is... Is that Health now too. he's had okay? He played along another superstar in OKC. They didn't get past the semifinals. Dude, we can go there. I blame Russ for that one hundred percent. I and I know you'll probably disagree with me, but no, we, it's, I mean, there's been nothing but reports about how how Russ is. Just, he's not easy to play with, and he's a ball hog, and he, he all he wants is his tripled up, and it shows. He goes out there in his stat pads. He doesn't okay. really care about the 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 Ws. Who Who would you rather build your team around right now, Paul George or LeBron James? Building a team, yes, like for the future. Forward? I'm talking. I'm, I'm profiling what a superstar kind of player a, is. Hold on, hold on. I mean, I'm going down the list. Yeah. LeBron James, Paul George, Paul George. He's the younger player. If I'm building a team, if I'm building a team for the future, I'm going no, for the I younger player. No, I didn't say player. future. I'm saying if you're building a team so right, a now, right now, yes. now. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm just saying because NBA is about a now. It's a now sport. It for is sure, building for the future. For sure, and, and we've seen Paul George crumble in big moments, and we've seen him not stay healthy. Yeah. He has never literally had his first injury last year, and it's you know and the. He's Paul George has great numbers. Paul so, George right. has never hit a game-winning shot in his career. This is he's going into his tenth season in the NBA. When he shied away from his chance when he had to get LeBron. Exactly. Too. So yeah, we can go. I'm just saying. His, I think he. I, I think he is like the the very last line. tier of the lines of superstars. Second tier. I'll give him that. He's a star he's player. A, I think he's a superstar. Okay, tell me how a superstar player averages less than 20 points a game in his career. Six rebounds and three he a, assists. He had a slow start. Six rebounds and three assists. He had that major injury early in his career, too, that set him back a little bit. He too. missed one season. Yeah, it's a long time. I'm just saying I, that. My point is that in his career, he can't even average 20 points a game, and I'm supposed to quantify this guy as a superstar? I'm no, not putting him at, up there with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, 20? Steph Curry. Yes, 19.8 points a game. You can look this up right now on foot basketball reference. Hmm. I didn't know 19. that. 19.8. I mean, you can round it off I'm and just, say 20 I'm just, points. I'm going off the last four or five years we've seen him. This, I mean, it's – the dude might be the best defender at, in the small forward position. Right. I, I'm yeah. saying when I talk when I talk about superstar player, phenom too, super, had- superstar player, you can you have to you, you're basically putting him in the same category as LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, James Harden. I don't know. I, mean, I can't I, do that. Paul George is not those guys. Going off, I mean, I'm look. What does he average his last four seasons though? Oh, well, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's 24, 23, 24 points a game. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean. 28. 20 average, 28 points a game last year, but for his career, it's 19.8 points per game. Yeah. That's my point. I don't want to go on too long about whether he's a superstar. Or what not. I'm saying is this. What I, all I'm saying is this. Yeah. That he passed up. You cannot deny the fact that he passed up on playing with two other superstar players I, I, oh, to yeah, play yeah, yeah. with another yeah. star for the potential I think it's a win-win win for Kawhi. I think it's a win-win because he's a, definitely a guy that can get you over the hump and get you a chance. Yeah. And I think he landed – Honestly, I, as far as coaching and his situation goes, I mean, it's a win-win for him. He's back home. Yeah, it's not the Lakers, but he's back home. He's with another quote-unquote superstar. Uh, and he probably has one, you know, a top three coach in the league along him, you know. So uh, for him, it makes sense. Either way, I can't knock him for making yeah. that choice. No, and I, and I think uh, I think what Trevor said earlier about uh, not, not fully proving himself, and I think by going to the Clippers – He's wanting to make that next step and prove prove everybody that he can do it. I think he knows you know deep I mean? inside. If, if I was Kawhi and I, I would be seeing all these headlines, all he has nothing else to prove. He's a true champion. He's a dynasty killer. Deep inside, I think if he's honest with himself. He knows a lot of the things broke his way in his yeah. career so far. It, it's just let's all be real right now. Like I said before, like he he came, he was drafted into a, a perfect spot. Imagine if LeBron James was drafted into the Spurs dynasty. You think he ever would have left that? 
with Pop and learning. Imagine if he was drafted and learning from Tim Duncan and Parker and Ginobili, having that around him. No, I mean, it, it was the perfect spot. He he got himself a chip. He ended that that Miami that Miami run, and then he <laughs> this past season was just an asterisk next to next to this this last ring. I think it's mind. funny that. Uh, that Kawhi won Finals MVP that year against right. the Heat in 2014 because he held LeBron to 25 nine and five. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah. Andre Iguodala winning in 2015 Wade when was LeBron was averaging 36, 13 and eight. <laughs> like, hey, congratulations, you held him under four. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Andre Iguodala for sure. That was, that was the most loud. <laughs> th- that's that's all I'm saying. Like uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard had a perfect opportunity because last year he missed 22 games. Okay, he's probably going to miss another fifteen to twenty this year. Yeah, that's just how he does things. That's he's from that Spurs mindset, you know, load management. So you're telling me that you have a better opportunity to elevate your uh, situation by missing twenty games with Paul George and Lou Williams, and as opposed to oh, I'm going to rest tonight. We got LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's my point. There's more yeah. on Kawhi with this. It makes it harder for me. And for me, if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I'm saying, look. I might have still some stuff to prove because, yes, everything fell right for them this year for the Raptors to win this title. Literally everything had to fall right for them. Right. You lose two prolific players on the Warriors, that's how you won that series. The only series. thing that kind of pissed me you off was the, was the ignorance of the Lakers organization to not recognize that they were being led on this whole time. I think they were being led on this whole time because he made it very clear he was recruiting eight or KD to go to Clippers, to the Clippers with him yeah. first. Yeah. That should be a, a sign right there that, okay, he's already trying to recruit guys to play with him at the Clippers. I Why are we going to wait around and lose out another talent? And then sure. obviously we all know now that he was, he, he missed out on KD. So he, yeah, Paul I think, I think, with, I think the Lakers, I don't want to speak for them, but I the way I saw it, bro. the way I saw it was look, we're going all in on Kawhi Leonard because we know what the potential, I, the, I get what that. the potential yeah, could sure. be if we yeah. get these three guys together. But even if we don't get him, we still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I think the Lakers bounce back beautifully. I, I agree. And the DeMarcus Cousins signing, and no, one is, no one's talking about it as much as it should be talked about. The guy looks – he's in great shape right now. He looks lean. He had Obviously, I'm a biased yeah. Boogie fan. That's my guy. I never thought I'd see LeBron and Boogie, my two favorite players in the league, together in the Lakers. They almost did in Cleveland teams. a couple years ago. Right, yeah. So I think that – I mean, if it was just Boogie and LeBron right now, without even AD there, I'd be excited. So yeah. this is just another. because well, Boogie would have been his best teammate in that last year. Bro, Boogie and AD were averaging like twenty, almost twenty four plus points together. Yeah. a game. But before and, uh, right. before Anthony or before, Rondo, before Boogie's before Boogie tore his Achilles, he was averaging over twenty five and twelve. Bro, they were balling together. So man. my point is, last year was Demarcus Cousins' recovery year. It was right. the only down year of his career. Was, right. Yeah, it was a wash. He averaged sixteen and eight. Right, coming back. From if a you can wide. give the Lakers sixteen and eight yeah. as the third or fourth best player on a team, he was, You're going to win a he lot was of the games. The sole reason they beat the Raptors, and they gave the Golden State Warriors that second win in that series. Right. The he was the sole reason. He dominated that second half. So. I I'm excited, man. I think, and Avery Bradley, I think, is a sleeper pickup too. Yeah, one of the when he before he got hurt and had injuries, he was one of the if not the best defender in his position, the point guard position. He can lock people down. Yeah, and Avery Bradley really came alive at the end of the season. He was averaging 16 points a game, I believe, with Detroit. Yeah, people forget he can go get yeah. buckets. Yeah, he, he can. can. He can shoot. He shot about 40 percent from three. Too. Yeah. Um, there's been tons of other moves in the NBA. Obviously, KD going to the Nets with Kyrie, mm. uh, Kemba to the Celtics, Butler to the Heat, Horford to the Sixers, but then the hammer dropped. Like. Thor's hammer right in front of us, which is a beer opener. Thank you for my brother, for uh, brother Brandon, for giving us that. It's a worthy beer opener. But uh, we found out yesterday that one Russell Westbrook has been traded to the Houston Rockets for CP3, Chris Paul, and two first-round picks. Now we can debate on what happens with Chris Paul and the Thunder, whether they try to buy him out. That's a lot of fucking money. 
uh, whether they try to keep him for a year, whatever they're going to try to do, try to trade him. I, there's a lot that the Thunder are going to – I don't think he's ever going to play a game with the Thunder personally. But let's look on the other side of this trade because this is the more important side if you ask me. Because everyone looks at the Rockets and thinks, man, if the Warriors didn't exist, <laughs> this right. team might have a couple championships right now. Like James just, Harden might have a title. Like we don't know. I mean, he's had his big druthers in the playoffs, right? But he could have a championship on his hand, right, or ring on his finger, if the Warriors weren't so great. Now we're looking at this team, and I'm thinking, and I'm just gonna be totally honest. As crazy as this sounds, I think, I think, I think, I think Westbrook fits better with Harden than CP3 does. I know that sounds crazy, but hear me out. You're wrong. Hear me I out. Don't hear me, hear me out. Anal- analytically, it makes zero sense. Hear, I, yeah. hear me out. It's okay. I get it. I'll Anal- analytically, I'll analytically, it doesn't make sense. You know what else doesn't make sense analytically? The Rockets. The moves they've made over the last several years. Daryl Morey, he's all about analytics, yet he picks players that don't fit the analytics that he goes by. Dwight Howard never made sense for that team. <laughs> Ever. It never made sense. Right, Dude so what, can't what, shoot from what, two what feet. What do you think it's going to make sense It now? failed then. I'm saying that Russell Westbrook and James Harden, when they played together, in, in, and granted, it was, what, six, seven years ago. Mm. When they played together in, in the, with the Thunder, Russell Westbrook would run point. James Harden would come off the bench. Russell Westbrook would run two. Right. You tra- they tried to do the same thing with CP3. He's not a two, ever. He cannot play okay, off the a ball. A lot has changed since then, especially my, no, for Harden. My point is, it's more about Chris Paul being removed than Russell Westbrook being inserted. Certainly for morale reasons, but I think I, I think basketball-wise, it made more sense with CP3. I, I don't see it because CP3 with Harden on the court, because Harden is the ball-dominant player. Absolutely. He plays point. CP3 cannot play the two. He struggled with that all the time he was with Houston. Dude, now playing? that CP no no now that Russell's there, okay. he can play better two than CP3 could. You really think Russ is going to play two? They're going to uh, they're going to they're going to absolutely not. No. James Harden is going to have Russ to have is the ball. not a spot shooter. First of all, he's a, actually a terribly inconsistent I shooter. I 100 percent agree. He's not going to become a guy that sits off and and, and spaces the floor. He's going to be the guy bringing the ball to the floor. Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they're going to take turns, obviously, but I just don't see how analytically, like I said, I know it's anal- analytics, but. It doesn't make sense because Russ might be the worst superstar analytically. I agree. He's terrible. He I goes against his numbers, sure, but he's extremely in, in efficiency wise, he's terrible. I just don't see I know you said you brought up the old days in OKC with Harden being the sixth man, but that's completely flipped on its head with Harden being the most ball dominant player probably in the league. His usage rate just I think is the highest in the league. Um I just don't see I mean it could work out. They're both great players individually. I just don't See how it's gonna pan out. I Chris, just don't. Chris Paul is a 34-year-old six foot point guard. Russell Westbrook is a 30-year-old six foot three, six foot four point He's guard. He's not gonna play the two, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's gonna be a full-time thing. Yeah. I'm saying in a positionless league now. He's going to play off the ball, and I if I'm if I'm building the Rockets right now, Harden, they, I would rather Russell Westbrook be on my team playing off ball sometimes than Chris Paul. You tell me, I'd much rather have Harden playing off the ball with with that's with, fine. They with can Russ figure that Westbrook out. distributing the ball. That's that makes fine. way more sense because Harden could catch and shoot. And you're Russ making can't. my point. You're making my point because what I'm saying is this team's better with Russ than without than with Chris Paul because of that option. You can make that option. You can say, hey, Russ, you're running point. Hey, Harden, you're running point. As opposed to Chris Paul. CP3 is a better shooter than Russ is. I'm not debating that. My point is you saw how evident it was CP3 could not play off the ball. He was undersized. Look look when Steph Curry tries to play off the ball. And he's bigger than CP3. Because it made more sense for CP3 to play the true point. And then Harden play off the ball. That made more sense, but Harden wanted to have the ball No, but James Harden is more effective as the point guard. 
I guess. He was averaging. Then why would you bring Chris Paul to the team either way? Why would you bring Russell Westbrook when he's a ball dominant? You're making my point. Daryl Morey has not made with either one of the players. It's going to make more. It's going to make more sense with Russ than it will CP3, especially at CP3's age. I thought it would make more sense for them to bring another true two guard and then just let Harden run the point true true point guard and then go grab another. Shooter. In no way, no shape, form, am I debating that. I'm saying in this context, Russell Westbrook makes more sense for this team at this current juncture than a 34 year old Chris Paul. Athletically, that's what I'm saying. For youth reasons, sure. I just don't see. I'm not. They don't. That doesn't scare me whatsoever. Because both those guys, and we've seen it over time and time again. And I, I was a fool that fell for the Rockets last year. I thought they'd go to the finals, and we've seen. I mean, Harden balled out in the in the the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but we've seen both of those guys. Crumble, and we don't want to ignore the East either. Let's no, not no, no, let's no. not ignore the East because there's been some big ass moves in the East. You know, the Bucks they didn't really add pieces; they retained pieces, and I think they're the class of the East right now with Giannis, Brook Lopez. Uh, I believe they kept. Uh, um, no, they did keep Chris, they got Middleton. Chris Middleton, but um, um, what's his name? Brogdon. Uh, Brogdon did leave, but they Which, didn't have Brogdon a for big, a lot of the season. That's a big loss, though. Brogdon's a hell of a two way yeah. player, man. He's one of the only what five players ever with a 50, 40, 90. He's a Great defender and a yeah. really good three point shooter. The Sixers, I think, got dramatically That's my favorite better. to come out of the East next year. Chris Broussard did say something today. I think, and I've heard him say it before. And I think it's just so dumb. He's suggesting that the Sixers trade Ben Simmons, who just turned twenty two, for a thirty four year old Chris Paul. Let's do I it. Heard that. Yeah, no, Look, that's if, that's trash. That's let's that's do it. it. Let me put it like this: If Chris Paul, real the quick, upside of Simmons is unreal. Let me put it like this: if, if Chris Paul actually had playoff success right. on a normal basis, I would say, you know what. Go for it because he's going to get you far. And if he was a good locker room guy too, yeah, he's a he's a cancer. He's Twelve man. He really years, is. he's twelve years older than Sprint Ben Simmons. Right. That, I, I get that if he was twenty nine years old, that would make all the sense in the world. All you make waiting, that trade. All, the, all they're waiting on Ben Simmons literally has everything you want in a potential superstar player. Just let him develop a jumper. If he develops a jumper, he has the potential to be the best player in this league. Where I get why they would, I get, I, I can entertain the thought of trading Ben Simmons only for the fact. Now I'm you not better, saying for Chris you Paul. Better get a haul. Yeah, My, not for Chris Paul. You got to get a guy that fits better because if you look at the Sixers' current roster, they don't have shooters. Right. They have a bunch of big men. Ben the Simmons. Sixers? Yes. Well, it's Tobias Harris. That's one guy. My yeah. point is, one. you have Al Horford, Joel Embiid. Those are your two main guys that he's going to be distributing two to. Two bigs that can spread the floor though, which is which they is can nice spread to the floor, but they're not shooters. Is my point. So what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. Ben Simmons doesn't technically fit them that no, well. No, him and Embiid don't fit each right. other. They don't. But I just the upside with Simmons makes it, it makes no sense to trade a guy like that away unless you know you're getting something for sure another right. star instead of player for for him. <clears throat> right. Makes no sense to me. I'm holding on to that guy. For where, sure. where, where do you guys see Chris Paul playing week one or not week one, but starting next season? Miami game heat. one Heat. Miami Heat. That makes My a lot of sense heat. because you got Butler, who's I think him and Butler would actually play well together. They're both. They're both. Their they're, egos, man, would be so I know, bad. I know, and, I think, and, they, and I think he wants to go to the Heat. Right. Miami is a preferred destination, than what I've heard from him. Uh, and I think I just think it would be a good place for him to go into his career. And you know, it's the East. You know, who knows what can happen if him I'm, and Butler connect well? And I'm going with Detroit. I think he that's a good fit too. That's actually uh, yeah. That, he can play that's back actually, where I, that's actually again. where I wanted Russ to go. It I would, wanted him and Blake together. It would man. be kind of funny if. if CP3 took over Blake Griffin's team yeah. eight years ago, and then he can go and take over his team again. Lob City Park team. <laughs> I think that, I, I honestly do think because I think Detroit will give more than the Heat because Heat yeah. aren't willing to give up from what they're saying. They're not willing to give up a lot of their young assets. So I think if the, I think the Heat is where he wants to go. Yeah. I think the Thunder they're looking at it going, man, we got eight first round picks. What's another one going to yeah, hurt? East makes a lot of sense. You know, if, if the Pistons are willing to give it up, and he can pair up with another great player like Blake Griffin. Yeah. And that gives Chris Paul a better chance of winning. Because in my opinion, although I, I like Jimmy Butler, 
Jimmy Butler has a problem. And I don't think that he's a winner. I don't he's think egotistic. he's he he, he think thinks he's, he's better. He's one of those guys that thinks he's better than what he is. He's a very good he's player. Great. I love him, man. He's he's tier two at best. He's tier two at best. And now he's in I mean, he's th- a guy that could take over games though. That's but why now I'm he's like, in his thirties. Yeah. And he's not gonna get better. He had his opportunities multiple times to be a part of a winning organization. He ran himself Chicago, out all the yeah. times. All yeah. those times. And yeah, and Minnesota for sure. He was in a good spot. He chose to cat. I love Cam. He chose to pass on a max with the Sixers. That should tell you something. Yeah. He's not focused on winning. He's focusing on him. So I think that, although I do agree, CP3 and him could, could have a good marriage for a little bit. I don't think assholes, they win. So I, yeah, I don't think they, they win. Be assholes though. together. Or something. CP3 <laughs> needs a chance, to, an opportunity to try to try to win more so games as landings. his career comes to a close. But um, I, man, I, like I said, every time I feel like we could talk NBA all night long. Oh yeah. But we're not going to do that because we have a lot of stuff that we need to get to in regards to some local stuff. The Chiefs, Tyreek Hill. Chris Jones, what the hell's going on with all that? Patrick Mahomes is throwing the damn football out of stadiums, winning NFL Player of the Year. There's just crazy stuff going on in Kansas City. We're going to get back to all that after this. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit, Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local-made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. Casey Hard Goods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson. Born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art, and signs, and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hard Goods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two on episode 20 here in the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. What up? All right, man. We talked on the break. We could have just kept going about NBA stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was... I felt like we didn't even get to what we really wanted to talk about and everything in regards to Kawhi. We didn't really get to talk about KD to the Nets, uh, what that's going to you know, got a whole year to think about that. No though. shit, man. <laughs> well, Trevor, you said you had a hot take about Western Conference yeah, stuff, uh, so go I'll, ahead I'll make go, it man. quick. Yeah. Um, it, most people know me, know me, know that I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. Um, it's been a long time coming, but I think this team is definitely building something here with this young roster, and I think this is the year that Marvin Bagley – not a lot of people are talking about Marvin Bagley, but he had a, actually a really good rookie season last year. Um, he had a couple injuries that kind of kept him down a little bit. Um, and I think Buddy Heald obviously is one of the top three shooters in this league already. And De'Aaron Fox is evolving every season, um, especially as a defender. The guy might be one of the best two-way defenders in this league, especially at the point guard position. Um, and one Probably the fastest player in the league right now is De'Aaron Fox. Um, I'm falling in love with this team, man. I know we lost my boy Trill, Willie Cauley-Stein. Well, my hot take is this. I think not only do I think the Kings are going to make the playoffs this season, and I know this is a star-studded Western Conference. I know there's so many, only so many teams to choose from that can possibly miss the playoffs, which is hard to even choose who's going to miss the playoffs because every team is loaded in the West pretty much. Um, but I think my Kings are going to have a better record than the Warriors next season. And I think they're going to take the eighth seed. Wow. I, think, I think the Warriors are missing the playoffs. Yep. Warriors are missing the playoffs, and this, this, the, my Kings are taking the eighth seed. That's my prediction right now. I'm telling you right now. Wow. I think I think, I don't think the D'Angelo Russell uh, pickup is going to work out for them. I think it's going to conflict with Steph's game, and I think Steph's going to really, really struggle without other shooters out there, and they have absolutely zero depth. Zero depth. What other shooters do they have on this team? They have some talented big men. Willie Callstein was a good pickup. I love that guy. I think he's a, a, definitely a talented guy. Um, I think the Spurs make the playoffs. I think my Kings make the playoffs. I think the Warriors are the odd ones out. 
If that's not biased, I don't know what it is. It's not biased. I'm telling you, you guys haven't been paying attention to this Kings team. They, they were they were not far away last season, and they dealt with a lot of injuries to, to these young players. And I definitely think defensively this team's going to be even better. Harrison Barnes signed back. We're going to have him back. We've made some good uh, – Dwayne Dedman, I think, was a good pickup. Uh, defensively, we're going to have some – definitely have some versatile big men on this, on this team. And I think our guards Bo, – uh, Bogdanovic is definitely one, uh, becoming one of the better shooters in this league as well. Definitely a really good ISO player. Not a lot of people talk about him either just because it's not a big market. It's Sacramento. I think people are sleeping on this team, and I think they're going to shine this year. I think they're gonna, that's going to be my surprise team in this season. And I, this is the first time I've ever said this about the Kings. If anyone follows me, I don't have much to say about them because I'm never really expecting them to make the playoffs. Even though last year we had a decent chance, but we had some nagging injuries and there were some some other issues going on. But I think we have great depth. I think we made some big moves with Trevor Reza, Dwayne, Dwayne Dedman, and then signing back Harrison Barnes. Um, we have some good shooters, good two-way players. I think it's going to happen. So. I actually agree with you. Hell yeah! <laughs> I actually, I actually know, and, and I'm not. I, gonna, I don't want to. I don't want year for the Warriors. I don't want to dominate. Really do. I don't want to dominate this segment with basketball because you know, obviously, we got to talk some Chiefs. But I, I actually agree, and the reason is exactly what you said about. It's not even necessarily just about the Kings. No disrespect right. to them. It's the fall off of the Warriors. The this Warriors, year. yeah, the Warriors are going to have a really tough Who season. Who do they have? That Clay Thompson's probably not going to play till at least February. Right. Who knows how healthy he's going to be? Draymond Green bad. is not a superstar player. Right. And Steph Curry is on his own, and we've seen Steph when he's on his own. He right. struggles mightily. Right. And they, and I understand the whole D'Angelo Russell factor. We've never really factor. seen him this depleted, though. D'Angelo Russell's a really good player, but I think they're going to trade him. Yeah. And I don't know what the, would they bring. It's so hard to predict what you're going to bring back and how those players are going to mesh when you bring back it's what not, you did. I just don't see D'Angelo meshing well with Steph's game because Steph isn't a true point guard. <clears throat> I see he's the, not a guy yeah. that can drive and dish. And you know, I think D'Angelo is going to demand the ball a little more than Steph. I definitely see the Warriors having uh, a issues. below 45 win season. Yep. And I do think the Kings have progressed. I don't like how they fired Coach uh, Yorger. I, know, man, I love Dave Yeager. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked I liked him. He they got better every single season. But this is how like Utah Jazz teams and people like that start to build. You start to see them win more games every year. I think the Kings are on the uprise because I do think De'Aaron Fox. I do think Marvin Bagley are players Marvin Bagley is my that sleeper, are going to be respected as their careers go further. And so that's where I, I and will Marvin agree. Bagley's jumper is getting better as we speak. I'm telling you, I've been watching yeah. the footage of this guy playing. He, he reminds me a lot of a young KD. <clears> I know, yeah. I, young KD, I'm telling you, dude, he reminds me so much of him. All right, Chiefs fans, so we're going to get to some some Chiefs talk. And we've brought up, and I'm going to talk about it in a second, we've brought up several. Uh, we brought this up several times when it comes to Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill as to who we'd rather sign, who would rather have here long term if we had to choose between the one or choose between the two, rather. Um, and we're going to get to that in a second because I still think that question is relevant because there's been so many swinging updates as far as what is going on with Tyreek Hill's situation. And um, last week, we left that conversation off with myself. I don't, I don't remember exactly how you guys said it. I'll let you speak for yourselves. I do believe you guys believe that he's still going to have some sort of suspension because of the dynamic of the situation, how yeah. long it's gone on. I said two games. I have said... Since last week, and I'm going to stick with it because of what I've been told by people I trust and who have been nails through this entire process and how badly the media, local media, has dropped the ball and how bad they look as opposed to Tyreek Hill now. And I, I am going to stand firmly on the fact that I – and, and I might be wrong, but I don't believe he should be suspended at all, and I don't think he will be suspended at all. And I will, again – go by the Ezekiel Elliott. I know they're two different situations, but when you're talking about repeat offenders, you're talking about how it's so much easier for the NFL to uh, uh, suspend a guy who's already been suspended and come down on him harder for them not even to come down on Ezekiel Elliott at all. 
And then for Kareem Hunt to this point, not being suspended for having another altercation at a bar, and he's already been suspended by the league. He's still currently suspended by right. the league. For Tyreek Hill to all of a sudden have a justified suspension after the fact that we it's been proven now time and time again that he's actually done nothing. If the league was to suspend Tyreek Hill, my question is, what in the hell are you actually suspending him for? For being in a toxic relationship? Because that's to me, that's jumping over your jurisdiction as a league and holding on to your policies. I understand there's contact de- detrimental to what you are and what you represent as a brand, but there are players that do things all the time that would not quote-unquote represent your brand properly, and they're not getting suspended for it. So forgive me for not being on board with seeing Tyreek Hill getting a second of a suspension when I don't believe he's done anything worthy of a said suspension. I don't know how you guys feel. You go yeah, ahead. It definitely feels like the pendulum has, keeps – the pendulum constantly swings back and forth with, with Goodell as far as how he handles this kind of stuff. Because at one moment, he's extremely harsh, and he's not even taking Tom Brady's shit, and he's suspending him for four games. And then and then the Ezekiel suspension and all that stuff held up, and he tried to fight it and blah, blah, blah. Goodell wasn't having it. The pendulum swung up that way. It was harsh. And now it feels like it's swinging back the other way where he's kind of being more lenient, trying to get the players to respect him a little more, blah, blah, blah. I just – I still don't think Tyreek's that great of a guy, to be honest with you. I still think he has some issues especially to go back to someone like that. If she was definitely the cancer, the decision-making is definitely highly suspect. Um, and it's still some things on the audio still disturb me a little bit. Sure. Granted, granted, it definitely makes you think a lot more about 2014. And I bet I, I made a pretty emotional uh, post immediately as I heard it live on, uh, on the radio. Um, definitely seems like she lied about a lot of things, uh, including 2014. Definitely doesn't seem like he ever really hit her. Or did anything. So that, that should definitely fair in his favor for for him not getting a suspension i just think with all this drama and as long as it's taken as far as the image goes for the shield i just i feel like Goodell is going to slap him with at least two that's what i see happening yep i, so, agree, I yeah. agree with trevor uh I, I think because of uh just just i think the biggest reason here is that a child is involved right. in this situation and, and I think this situation is a lot more sensitive than than anything I think Goodell has has dealt with in recent times. In recent in recent right, times, right, right. yeah, 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 recent times. Uh, so I, I I honestly think he will probably be suspended. I don't think he's going to be suspended three to four games. Uh, I think he's going to be a, at least to a max of two games. Uh, but but I think the biggest reason here is because of uh, a child that's involved and like like Trevor said, some parts in the audio are still a little bit disturbing. As far as the way he disciplines, yeah, his exactly. Son, so so it's still, still a little bit disturbing. So I honestly, yeah, I I do see a suspension. Here's there. where I disagree with all of that though, because I understand there is a child involved, but a child was not harmed by Tyree Kill because of the fact that we're looking at okay the entire. Everything that we – all the reputation that has been built about Tyreek Hill negatively right. was built upon 2014 like you just alluded, Trevor. Mm. We have an actual recording. this was his in, second ca- In KCTV5 dropped the fucking ball by not playing the important parts of the yeah. story or the recording when they ironically said that they didn't feel any of that other stuff was newsworthy yeah, bullshit, by, by covering it and saying, well, they were talking about having sex. Right. Well, they had they talked about having sex for like 15 seconds. Right. And there's four and a half minutes that we can get to hear They have a child. You don't think they had sex? Come yeah, on. exactly. Sex happens, peeps. So Science. my point. So here's my thing. Everything he did not know he was being recorded, and you hear him vehemently deny everything that happened in 2014 to the point that she did not deny that he 
that he did or that he didn't do it. He denied everything except the fact that he punches his son in the chest. That's why I'm saying I have a problem. He did not vehemently deny that. But we're That's crossing, the, but we're crossing lines here because I okay. I'm going to go deny ahead, that. I have no. Problem. I'm going to go ahead and set the record straight. If I had a son, which I do not, right. but if I had a son, I wouldn't be punching him in the chest. Yeah. But here's the thing: they were in the context of that conversation was the disciplinary acts of being a father. We in the NFL cannot tell him how he can discipline his child. And my thing is, you cannot suspend a person for disciplining the child the way he sees fit, especially if it's not titled under abuse. And until I hear that he's actually abused his child, I'm not going to accuse him of such. Well, what would you consider punching a child in the chest, a three-year-old child in the chest? I, I wouldn't consider it something I would do. No, no. Would you consider that abuse? I think. I, okay, here's my thing. I would. I don't. I don't think hitting a child's right at all. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't like. I don't like kids getting no, no, spanked. No, no. I'm with you. I don't. And, think, that, yeah. and that, that's definitely becoming more of a thing, and that's gaining more traction, which is a good thing. For the society. point is, though, people are still being raised in lifestyles like that, where the doesn't they, make it right. I and know it that it doesn't mean that he, the fact that he didn't did not he did not deny that he did that. If someone told me that I punched my son in the chest, yeah, I would backhand the shit out of. Him. I agree with you. I'm the because same way, man. Anyone that knows me knows that's not how I do things. Right. So I, the fact that he, uh, dude, we know that he can be. I know a lot of things are in the dark still with him. We don't know the facts. Even with 2014, we don't know the facts. But the fact that he didn't deny that and he didn't deny using a belt, you know, it's just kind of like, that's a three-year-old child, man. That's a baby still, dude. Like, even if it's like little taps on the chest and you're making him hold his arms out while he's mm -hmm. crying and you're, and you're, you know, give him a little knuckle on the chest or yeah. to toughen him up. I get it, man. And he threw the whole black card out there. I get that. I understand it's not easy being a young black child and raising a young black child. I get all that. All that. Yeah, I was in no way offended by any of that. No, statistically, <laughs> it, it, it's true. You, it's yeah. undeniable facts. It's statistically true. You can't deny it. So I'm, I get that. I, I understand him having to callous him son up and harden him up. But I just don't agree with that kind of rearing. Man. It doesn't. I agree. And I think that's how Goodell's going to see it. And that's why I at least see, I see two games. So that's but that's that's where this gets really touchy though but if it's zero i understand that too that, that's what i'm saying like you can definitely come to that for, conclusion for me well. it, it, okay let's say let's say tyree kill is a mean person right which it does seem like he has some mean streaks to him sure is that suspension worthy well, due to the context sure yeah so well, he should be suspended for disciplining his child the way he sees fit dude we've seen that with with just harsh words with what's his name from, from the ravens and that that's okay my point is that doesn't mean the it's fact just, that it's public I, affects the shield totally fine evident to to Goodell we, to make a choice on a suspension. Or I, I get it. I'm saying, I, to me, it is not justified. It's not justified for the fact that I don't think it's contact detrimental to the league. And that's what they're going to try to hit him with. Conduct detrimental to the league. It isn't detrimental to the league. It's a personal preference on how he – I don't agree with it. Let me set the record straight. I don't think it's okay for him to do what he's doing. Do not punch your kids, in my opinion, ever. I don't care yeah, if it's a love tap. don't. Do not hit your kids, in my opinion. Right. You can spank your kids if you think that's fine. I don't agree with it at all. Because I remember being a kid, and we got our asses handed to us a lot of times with our dad, and it never really taught me yeah, a lot. The funniest part about it is when people are like, oh, I turned out okay. I had my ass beat. Obviously not. You're still beating your kids. Exactly. Ass. So that trend is continuing. And, and, and again, I don't want to go into this like heavy <laughs> tangent. With like Again, we're no, not no, telling people how to raise their kids. That's not what this podcast is That's my point, though. Is that I don't feel it's the league's position to tell him how to raise his kid. Yeah, well, tell Roger Goodell that, because he's done. he's made plenty of decisions about domestic stuff and that's and you the, brought up the Tom Brady employees dude but you, but you, brought, you brought up the, you brought up the whole Tom Brady thing the reason why Tom Brady got a four game suspension is because he destroyed his phone yeah, he openly <laughs> gave, gave him, yeah he gave himself away exactly right. he destroyed evidence whereas Tyreek Hill has been open and honest the entire that's, time that's true dude that's true and I, I look trust me I 100% I agree with most of what you're saying just the fact that the child stuff 
the fact that he she even says on the recording that the the the, the child officer or whatever the the I can't remember the actual title of the the person said that he he doesn't discipline the child right and blah 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 he didn't deny any of that stuff so he obviously knows he's like when I get home you know it's all business we, I lock in you know that that's you know and he's not denying any of the harsh treatment he gives his three year old child I mean yeah. that's that's kind of a that's it's kind shitty. of a knock that's it's kind shitty. of a knock there yeah that's what I'm saying so I mean if he gets a couple games. I'm not going to – and I don't think he's going to fight that either. I think he's going to understand. I think he'll appeal if he gets any type of game. He shouldn't. He uh, should. I'll just take the suspension. And, 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 and if we're following the trend of how he's been so far, being completely, like you said, open and, and compliant with everything, I think he'll take it, his two-game suspension on the chin, which I think we'll be just fine without him for two weeks. Yeah. Especially with the way our schedule's set up. And you'll get him back at home. Right. And yeah. he's going to come back with a massive-ass chip on his shoulder and want to prove the world wrong and, and you know – Defy all the haters because you know our division is going to be shitting on him. Well, we we now that we know that Tyreek Hill is going to play football this right. season with the Chiefs, and we can, I would say, safely assume Chris Jones will be back. Yeah, I hope so. I, I really do believe the Chiefs are going to take care of him. I, I have not heard. Do you anything. feel like they're choosing between the two of them, though? I think now that it the, feels that way. I, fe- I feel like now that this situation has been reemerged, and we know that Tyreek, for the most part, is innocent yeah. and will at best play you know at least half the season. Yeah. I do believe the Chiefs are because from what I was told, and I have been told this, that they were working a long-term deal with him even after the audio recording came out and they had heard it. Well, because the Chiefs had the full thing. I yes, think. they had so, it, they had it for two months right. before we heard it. So they knew all that all the shit. So they've been working on a deal with Tyreek Hill. If you ask me, I think the Chiefs would sign Tyreek Hill long-term before they signed Chris Jones. I would too. And if that's if what, I was the we, GM, I would too. And we've been told that multiple times. You know yes. what I'm talking about. I think about. he matters more to this team than Chris Jones has. And, and, and that's not easy to say. And now that's why it's very close. And that's why I'm bringing up the topic again. Right, because right. I feel that Chiefs, the Chiefs fans out there are very split on this. Yeah. For whatever reason it is, the facts are I have not heard a definitive – no, neither one of the players have dominated on that percentage. It's right. very even. I even pulled up the Twitter I, – I, I've asked it at least five, six times on our Twitter account. I've, I, I've put it on there every single time new news comes out of Tyreek Hill just to like see what people are saying, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. This is the first time, I will say, since the news came out, this is the first time we've had a dominant poll. I asked – let me ask it again. Who would you rather pay long term? Sixty-seven percent of the vote, Tyreek Hill. Oh wow! Sixty-seven percent of the vote. That's and I and I even asked it three days. Before. I mean, it's crazy, like how this swings. Yeah. Because the last one we posted was Chris Jones. Then the new news comes out with a full audio, and well, it swings with Tyreek. I Hill. appreciate that because I'm that, that tells you that most of these people are rationally they're conscientious, changing their mind upon yes. new information, which a rational person should do. Yes, and that makes nothing but sense. Right. So, and I think Tyreek Hill affects his team more than Chris Jones does, and I know they both play on different sides of the field, but it's taking Tyreek out of the equation with Patrick Mahomes and all the success that they've already shown that they can have together. I just don't like I said from the very beginning before any of this crap started happening. Before the audio anything ever happened, I was on my camp was in Tyreek's favor because I don't want to mess up that chemistry. You don't want to take a he he might be the best receiver in the league, like pound for pound. He's up there with the top guys. So I don't want to take that away from Pat having a weapon taken away from them, you know, this early in his career. I want him to kind of coast and become because Pat's still developing, man. So don't want to take that away from him. Um, I, I guess my only question would be, would he still make what uh, people were assuming he, w- he was going to make? I don't think that can happen. I don't think so. Like the OBJ money. You think he's still there to, to make the OBJ money? I think it would be a dumb move on our part to do that, to be honest with you. Why is that? Just because of the toxic – I'm not saying he is toxic, but 
mag because okay i don't think crystal's gonna go away entirely because that's still the mother of his children and they're still gonna have to work sure. together on things we still there's still a lot of things in the dark about tyreek that we still don't know we don't know for sure what happened on 20 in 2014 we don't know what's happened in their house we heard an audio tape you know of them privately that he didn't even know that was he was being recorded and who knows what happens behind closed doors when they're when he's home when he's locked in right I'm not i'm not making assumptions i'm right. just guesstimating he could be a even more villain type person at home. So you're saying you don't trust him? It's I'm not saying that per se. I'm saying it. He, he's a slight more risk. Slight more of a risk. He's high risk, high reward. Obviously, but I just I think he would understand if we didn't give him the top tier money. Even yeah. if he has back to back all pro seasons. I I just I don't know. I don't know how rational or how. He doesn't seem like the smartest guy. I'm just gonna be honest with you. He doesn't seem like the smartest guy, but I feel like his lawyer, his his agent should understand that as well. The fact that the Chiefs have been patient with him, they've done nothing but stick behind him. They never threw him under the bus. I feel like the Chiefs have actually more leverage than Tyreek does. So, what do you guys think is a fair contract for Tyreek Hill? God, man, that's a tough one. I don't know. Like, because I don't know. You have to always who, consider who ever compare his contract. To. You have to always consider market value, right? At his position, because you know someone his, else is gonna be wanting to pay and his, his ass. production. See, the Chiefs have the control. They can technically say, hey, Tyreek, we, we have one more year on you. We can franchise tag you twice, so we can franchise tag you until you're 28 years Which old. I'm not, I'm not against that either. But here's – see, I, I know it's shady. I, I'm, ter- I'm torn on this because I, I hate the franchise tag. It's so wrong. Yeah. But they can technically do it. Yeah. And so the way I see it – and I, I, I'm assuming you both said you would take Tyreek in this, in this situation. I would. Yeah, I would. But yeah. you guys are still weary on the whole contract side of things. Yes. I don't, okay. Yeah. I think that's my only question. So the, you would the take money you, will, you guys would both take you would both take Tyreek on a more team friendlier deal than a hundred million. I still yes. think he deserves good money, but yeah, definitely more okay. oriented yes. towards the team. The Chiefs are thirteen and six since twenty sixteen when Tyreek Hill scores a touchdown. Right. The Chiefs are fourteen and four since twenty sixteen when Chris Jones records at least half a sack. Jones had 15 and a half sacks last season, despite not recording a single sack until week five versus the Jaguars, and also didn't play in week 17. Right. I, those numbers, you can throw those all aside. I like to just, I like numbers and I like seeing records when players perform at a certain level. So I like throwing that stuff out there. I explained this to a friend today because I asked them this same question. And it, you, honestly, it is torn. Like I hear people say Chris Jones a lot, but I've, I, as of late, I've heard more people say Tyreek Hill because of the fact that they now know he's going to be on this team. And I get it. The dude is an absolute stud at wide receiver. He has transcendent speed, transcendent talent. He's he's one of the scariest players dude, I've ever seen. Tell me what he does in, in, in the tell NFL. Tell me what Antonio Brown does that Tyreek can't do. It, nothing. They are the same guy. And I, I will give I will give Antonio Brown better hands. I will say that. I think he's got better hands. Well, yeah. what is, I mean, Tyreek Tyre, one of the and, best ball trackers and, in the and, league. And, and I think Antonio Brown is a slightly better route runner. He's a true wide receiver. As far as, Tyreek, as, far as, as still learning. As far as individual talent, Tyreek, you can make the case, is more talented than Antonio Outside Brown. Outside of any quarterback in this league, he might be the most dangerous football player that's, in the league. I, that's why I, I know it's a tough decision. Right. But this is how I always look at this when it comes to this particular subject. And I know I said this at the very beginning. I'm sticking with it. The most important positions in football, quarterback, who gets the quarterback, and then who protects <laughs> I, yeah, the quarterback. For sure. Right? Right. So it's going to be quarterback, That's pass rush, games. left tackle, right tackle, right? Okay. Right. Chris Jones does what? He gets to the quarterback, right? As great as a wide receiver is, I would rather have Lawrence Taylor than Jerry Rice. You know why that is? Because that guy gets to the quarterback and gets me the ball back. If I have a great quarterback like we have in Kansas City – 
I know that he can translate or he can transition with any player he's given. I look at look look at it like this. Peyton Manning had Marvin Harrison all those years with Indianapolis, right? Yet he put his career numbers up with not without Marvin Harrison, and that was the greatest receiver he ever played with. Look at Tom Brady, put up his career numbers with Randy Moss, but his greatest successes were without Randy Moss. Those are my points. Joe Montana, greatest, he didn't have Jerry Rice for a long time. I think he only played with him for a year or two. He won four Super Bowls. That's my point. Okay. The way, the way I'm looking at it is, is take Tyreek out of this offense. They still average 30 points a game because they scored 31 in the AFC Championship. I, I, have one I really think you're underestimating the, the, the shit that he causes for other defensive coordinators to – Game plan. Absolutely. Just just, just game planning uh, to try to cap him and keep him from going over the top and shredding people. And then happen to – because you take Tyreek Hill out, you don't have to worry about over the top at nearly as much. And then that way you can cap in and really zone in on, on taking Travis Kelsey out of the game. That really limits this offense. Sure. You know, and I, I do think Andy Reid's a good enough coach to find a way to score 30 points a game regardless of what – I. Let me ask you a question real quick. If you take Chris Jones out of this defense, I think we still have a very good, talented defense, especially with bringing Frank Clark back in and the, the, the defensive line with Ogba and, and, and the other guys that we've got. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. Right. Let me ask you a question. Which side is better, Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill or this defense without Chris Jones? We haven't really seen either one. In your opinion, because we have seen this offense without Tyreek Hill at least being effective, they still scored 31 points in the AFC Championship. It's hard to say with him only having so much one catch. Chris Jones missed what the second half of the. Yes, I'm not excusing. I'm not excusing. My point well, is, we still allowed a lot with of points. Arguably with the worst defense we've ever seen. Chris Jones still had 15 and a half sacks despite six weeks of no sacks. He is to me the more important player for this team's success based upon his position. And his value on the side of the football. I, I can I can see where you're coming from. I, I mean I like your idea because I mean Patrick Mahomes. It's gonna he's gonna be one of the greatest quarterbacks. In this scheme, yeah. Andy yes. Reid's gonna so, give him success for sure. If Miko Harmon can can do what Tyreek does on the field, I can or honestly Sammy Watkins I can, emerges I, I can honestly is. see, and I can honestly see myself picking Chris Jones over Tyreek Hill, but we haven't seen that yet. Right. So I, I think I'm going to go with still with Tyreek until I, I guess maybe after this season, after I get to see sure. what Miko Hartman has to offer. And, and if I can see that, you know, he can actually replace Tyreek, right. I'll, I'll be all on board and on Chris Jones. We've seen how important defensive schemes are with Spags coming in and changing the whole atmosphere and making it more nitty and gritty type of, of atmosphere and, you know, bringing that tough meanness to this defense that, that Bob Sutton just – quite frankly, didn't bring it at all. Um, I think that's going to change the whole attitude of this defense, and I think Frank Clark is going to actually absolutely explode this year. I think our secondary is definitely going to be improved because of our improvement and our depth of our defensive line. Um, sacks are great, man. I just – trust me, dude, this is not easy for me to even talk about. I'm, I would choose Tyreek right now. That's where I'm at right now because I want that game-breaking guy that if you get the ball in his hands, one play, he can totally wreck the game for the, oppo- the opposing team. Chris Jones could get a sack, but if, if we've seen it like last year. Chris, Chris Jones had 11 straight sacks, 11 straight weeks. Our defense was still shit, you know. So it did. I don't. Those those numbers are empty to me because our defense was still allowing 30 freaking points a game. So it's Tyreek was a big part of us winning those games and putting up that many points. As far as contributing to W's, our defense wasn't really contributing to W's. I feel like Tyreek was more impactful for this team. I, I get what you're saying. 
I get that Tyreek Hill plays his part, but I like I was just telling you guys last week, in all four of their losses last year, Patrick Mahomes had three touchdown passes, at least three touchdown passes in all, all four of those games. So so my point is this, that this team, in order to be more successful, is, knowing, is going to have to be better on the defensive side. Not having Chris Jones, to okay. me, is more significant than not having Tyreek Hill. Who do you Hill. think teams fear more? Uh, it's okay. Fear and fear and yeah. fear and. I'm saying okay, but things. if I'm an opposing team, I, I fear Julio I, I, Jones. Okay. I fear Julio Jones, but he doesn't score touchdowns. That's that's a scheme issue. They don't throw. They don't target him in the red zone. That's a whole different issue. My point is this, though, Trevor. You can fear a player, but wh- who, that doesn't who's, make who's, a player who's better. Tougher, I, who's tougher to game plan for? Oh, Tyreek Hill. Right. So that's what I'm saying. That he, he makes the game lopsided because of his instant ability to, to flip the game on its head but and score Tyreke, one okay, play. But Tyreek Hill is also his harder. He's also harder to, to scheme for, also because of who's throwing him a football. I, I guess saw him with, with, dude, he put up great numbers with I, Alex he, Smith. he put up the numbers he put on last year. Obviously not to that extent, <laughs> but he had great numbers with I, Alex Smith. I can obviously see where Lance is coming from. Oh, absolutely. With, with the Patrick Mahomes. It's Mom. not easy. It's all, it's all coming down for Lance. It's all coming down to Patrick Mahomes. Can he do it with Tyreek? Obviously right. he can. Yes. Yes. That's you, where he's yes. coming from. Right. So I, I get where you're coming from. You know, I, 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 I get the, where he's I coming the, from. I want the unfair advantage offensive. So I, I, get, I, I get to see the 50-50. Yes. You, you take, you take. Okay. I'm right, though. Look at like this. Look at this. Take Tyreek off this team right now, put Michael Crabtree there. This offense is still 20, 23 yes. points a game. No, I, okay. I agree. Okay, that's a Andy Super Bowl winning team. Of a coach. You take Chris Jones off this team and you put him Frank Zombo instead. Do you even know who Frank Zombo is, Eddie? He's not on this team, dude. My point is that neither is Michael Crabtree. My point remains. My point remains. This defense is going to be bottom barrel. You take Chris Jones off of it. You take Tyreek Hill off this offense, they're still a top five offense. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I'm looking at I it. actually can't debate that. I, I'm looking at it as for the opposing teams coming into Arrowhead and having to game plan for Tyreek is much more of a challenge than having what are we gonna are we gonna try how are we gonna try to double team Chris Jones? I think they're gonna fear Frank Clark just as much as they do Chris Jones. I agree. And Chris Jones has had one really good season. Frank Clark has had nothing but consistency. Frank Clark also benefited off playing Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright last year. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I get that, dude. But Frank Clark is you go watch his freaking tape. Frank Clark is probably the best in his position. Him and Khalil Mack are neck and neck can, at that You position. can make that case. I'm not going to argue That's what I'm saying. That. So we've seen one really good year of Jones. I want to hear three really good years. I want to hear your guys' opinion on this on the spoken on Facebook, Insta, or Facebook and uh, Twitter. Hit us up there. Who would you guys rather have on this team long term, Chris Jones or Tyreek Hill? Trev and Eddie say uh, Tyreek Hill. I say Chris Jones. We'll leave it at that. Probably not. We'll probably talk about it next week. Fuck you, Lance. When we get back to this. <laughs> when we get back, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL schedule change potential. Melvin Gordon, is he going to play with the Chargers next year? And we're going to fill in some cracks with Eddie Ortiz. We'll oh, get back oh, to oh, that oh. after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a counter-cultural appeal. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at commandeerbrand on Instagram or Facebook. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three, episode 20 here in the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. Man, it has been a great show, man. We I feel like we've gotten to really catch up on a lot of things that have happened this whole week because this has been an insane sports week uh, for us to catch up on. And we're really glad to get to touching on some of these subjects. We uh, congratulated the U.S. Women's National Team for winning back-to-back titles. We talked to Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers with Paul George. We touched on some various topics regarding the NBA moves. Tyreek Hill, 
what the latest is with him. Chris Jones, who would you rather have long-term? That was probably one of our best segments, if you ask me. I think that was a great segment. It can go on forever because that is a tough one to definitely tackle for sure, pun intended. Uh, but now we're going to talk a little bit about something that came out today that I saw Pro Football Talk, which is not one of my favorite uh, sources of information to come off. Mike Florida comes so off. So why as are we talking about it? But it's 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 a subject, nevertheless. It's very lawyerish. It's it's a subject we have to talk about regardless because it could actually happen, and it's regarding the length of the NFL season. Right. There is a proposal, and it's not official. Obviously, it's very far away from this happening. It probably take a few years. But it could also happen as soon as next year or two years from now after the C- the, the next CBA. Tomorrow? The idea is, and this I'm, I'm quoting Mike Florio talking about this, about the proposed 18 games with a 16-game limit for each player. Right. Uh, the idea is hardly new, but it's emergence as a formal concept in collective bargaining. Uh, in collective bargaining. Uh, Andrew Beaton of the Wall Street Journal reports that as part of the NFL's push for 18 regular season games, the league has advanced the possibility of an 18-game season with a per-player limit of 16 games per season. That idea has been perfecting, uh, uh, percolating. I'm sorry yes. for years. It's been subject for multiple PFT stories. Most recently, the topic was discussed during an interview of the Hall of Fame head coach Tony Dungy last month. There's a video about it. The next day, Coach Dungy called on the show and they talked about it. And he goes on and on about like certain players saying they would be in support of it. As to as to Baker Mayfield and all other quarterbacks, the problem could be solved by an exception of that position, giving the enhanced safety rules that apply to them, meaning that quarterbacks would not have to only play 16 games. Kickers, punters, holders, and long-term uh, – I'm sorry, I lost my spot. Yeah, kickers, punters, holders, and long snappers, which would should get similar treatment. Still, the NFL has plenty of stars who aren't quarterbacks, and plenty of fans will be pr- plenty, pretty, pr- plenty pissed off if they showed up for a game hoping to see a star player who isn't uh, playing because this is one of those two games he won't be playing. The fact that the NFL would even suggest such a revolutionary concept, one that oozes unintended consequences, shows how desperate the league is to expand the regular season and how effectively the NFL Players Association has rebuffed these efforts. At this point, the league may get 18 games only by making the players a financial offer they can't refuse. That's my entire thing. This has to always come down to one thing, money. Right. The NFL players are not going to to sign off in an extended period of time for the freaking season unless they're going to be making a t- the type of money that would justify said move. Hey, Trevor, what are your it's thoughts on this weird, idea? It's a weird – like, I get it. I You're basically taking two games from the preseason and throwing them into the regular season, which I'm allegedly. I'm allegedly. That's, what it's, that's what it feels like. I haven't honestly had a, a, enough time to really sit and ponder because this is all pretty new news to really think about it and what I really, really feel about it. I feel like I need to, you know, swish it around in my mouth a little longer. Um it seems cool for the players. Like the, it kind of probably works for them, but for the fans, it kind of screws us a little bit. I feel like, cause there's going to be, obviously there's going to be numerous games where certain stars are not in games. So for like season ticket holders and stuff like that, where you're going, you're paying for the games. You've already paid up front to have your season tickets. And when you go to these games, there's going to be certain stars that you paid to go see every week, barring health to be there, to play, to give your team the best chance to win. And you're going to extend the season, take two preseason games out essentially and put, throw them into the regular season. And then those two games that some of the stars are going to be missing or they're picking each, each star player pretty much picks it uh, two games out of the year to not play in. It just, I don't know that part right there. It just seems kind of odd. I'm all for extending the season, two more games. I don't know, man. It's it. Like I said, I think there's going to be more details to come out probably a little more. Uh, I just got to ponder on a little more. I just think it's kind of odd right now. I'm not really for it yet. Um, I'm all for getting rid of the preseason almost entirely. I think we've seen it too many times. It's 
I told Andy this players several times. Yeah. Preseason almost every four, damn four year. games, four preseason games is just absolutely stupid. Right. We've seen traumatic injuries in the preseason. It's, it's just stupid. Yeah. And that's why I don't blame yeah. McVay not playing any of his starters last year in the preseason. I, that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, I would give him the middle finger to the league. I, I'm torn. Not. I'm torn as a fan because selfishly, I want to see more football. Right. I'm not opposed to having two more weeks of football. That's a real lot, football. Uh, two more games is a major impact to those bodies out there. Yeah. Right? That's the point. Right. That's what I'm concerned about because. There is a significant take with the give. You know, they say there's a give and take. Right. There's a significant take. That's why I get them having letting the players pick two games to sit out. Because play. okay, we fear we fear four preseason games. Right. But the equivalence of physicality of True. two regular season games is more way, than four games combined. Way, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So my point is, you're actually putting more on these players That's than true. you would for four preseason games worse. and two games. So the playoffs, in my opinion would lessen naturally because of the quality of play of less cuz you can't you can't expect to add two more weeks of regular season football and not have more stars so out. The quarterback couldn't play all 18 games? No, they said they could. So the quarterbacks they, they, are the only, one of the only players and punters could. and kickers. Okay. Yes. Like special team players and and quarterbacks because so, so, of the oh, protective yeah. rules. So therefore the roster has got to be bigger also, right? You'd have to expand rosters. I kind of like that in a sense. It gives more of the players that I feel are that can make the league is other people more sure to make the league. Sure. That's but cool, that but. also lessens the quality. The more yeah. players are in the league, the less the quality is because you're not making it as elite. Yeah. If you thin the herd, you have a better herd. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. So it's harder to get in the NFL now as opposed to if you add two more games. Then you're going to talk about more teams. Like there's a lot of problems with this. It's funny, and the NFL is trying to do what they can to figure out a way to extend the season, and the NBA is finding a way to shorten it. Right. It's just two different baseball, dynamics. Baseball too. Like yeah, baseball's well, got they're to juicing as well. balls in baseball yeah. to make more you know offenses. It's yeah. the pill. I, I like it. I it's, like it. It's more the home runs baseball. makes baseball better. I don't care. Yeah, the ratings are still hurt. That home run derby was insane. Yeah, it was that was fun. But yeah. okay, I, I don't want to touch on this too long. I'm just saying I'm not in support of it. I think yeah. they need to keep it to a 16-game season, 16-game regular season, and let the playoffs do. I am in full support of two games or less for play for preseason. 100 yeah, percent with yeah, that. Yeah. I think we all agree with that for sure. So, um, but we're gonna move right along with something else. We found out today that star running back of the San- of the Los Angeles Chargers, Melvin Gordon, is pulling himself a little lavy on Bell right now. He is telling the Chargers, "Pay me my money, or I'm not playing." And I'm going to force a trade. Now, we've seen this work, not with Le'Veon Bell yet. I mean, obviously, it took him a full season. And they finally did it, or he finally signed with the Jets. Yeah. But Khalil Mack forced his hand with the Raiders. Now, obviously, they're poorly managed, so I can get why they ended up doing what they did. Gruden obliged. Gruden obliged, gave up the best pass rusher in football for, for you know, obviously picks and things of that nature. But the point remains, players are starting to see – the NFL players are starting to see the control that NBA players have they want the same thing. Unfortunately, the infrastructures are different. Right. Where owners are a little bit more controlling <laughs> Especially in the NFL. Especially at the running back position. Right. Probably the most replaceable position. Exactly. And now he's in his mid-20s, which means he's his prime's already here. Right. He wants to make big money. A lot of people are saying naturally, oh, well, the Chargers have to take care of him, obviously. Not so fast. Mm-hmm. And I got I got a reason for you. I, I did a little studying today, obviously. Um, last season – was one of the Chargers' best seasons in years. Yeah, We're well, talking a decade, and right? And Gordon's for sure. He averaged five yards a carry. No, no problem. He had a great year. Last he, year, last well, year. He, he only I think he only had, what was it, 800 yards last season? He missed four games, mm-hmm. okay? In those four games, the Chargers went 4-0, and okay? Without him last season, and their two playoff games against the Ravens and the Patriots, 
He had a grand fucking total of 55 rushing yards on 26 attempts. He's never been very efficient. 2.1 yards per carry. Right. <laughs> uh, and then he also had 14 yards on two catches. He's wanting money that Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell have, which is cleared over $50 million in guaranteed money. Which it also doesn't help that his backup, Austin Eckler, absolutely went bananas every time he had the opportunity to start. Sure. So that doesn't help his case really much either. They can say F you, bro. And yeah, and just stay with that. Right? I mean, yeah. uh, if you look at the numbers, the first four seasons of, of uh, uh, Gordon's career, Melvin Gordon's he career. struggled. No, no, he actually well, had a, in, well, he had a lot of injuries. He had 3,628 yards, 182 right. catches, 1,577 yards, He's a great and 38 talent. total touchdowns right. in four seasons. Right. That is extremely productive, especially since he did have some, especially some last, injury last season was his best season. This is my point, though. The Chargers don't need Melvin Gordon. And why is that? Because they have a great quarterback. This is the same thing with Patrick Mahomes and losing Kareem Hunt. When we lost him, man, that sucks because we're not going to score points as easily. But the points still came. I don't know. I don't I don't know if I agree with that entirely. Go I ahead. It's the same as Kareem Hunt because we can lose anybody in that backfield in this offense. We still know Andy Reid can go pull some bum off the side of the street to play running back and find a way to score him touchdowns. I don't trust the the Chargers offensive coordinator as much as I do Andy Reid to I know they'll find production but I think I think he's a great a good a Gordon is a good enough talent to where he's a game changer type of talent but like I just said a minute ago I know the running back has become one of the more replaceable expendable positions yeah. in this league yeah. especially with his injury uh, history and risk um I don't know I I personally think they're going to find a way to keep him find a way to please him to keep the morale because it's championship or bust for them this year. And we've constantly found a way to out them. Um, and I think Philip Rivers' days are numbered. This could be his last year for all we know. And I think it's Super Bowl or bust for them. And I think if they let him walk, it'll it'll definitely hurt. The, I think it'll hurt the locker room. It'll just be a distraction. I think they're going to do what it takes, at least for this year, to figure something out to keep him around. But That's think, how I look at it. What do you think he deserves Todd Gurley money? Well, Todd Gurley doesn't even deserve Todd Gurley money right now. Todd Gurley might not ever be the same. Shouldn't that teach the Chargers though? That's exactly. Oh, if it's yeah. me, I'm letting them walk. Be- because if Mel- it's me. yeah, because Melvin Gordon's had I'm more. I'm a Chiefs fan, so I want to blow. No, I'm Technically, Melvin Gordon's had more injury problems than Todd Gurley. Yeah. No, yeah, 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 for sure. But I'm, I'm just saying, Todd Gurley right now, he, we don't even know what the hell is going to happen. This he's year. got arthritis in he's the got knee. arthritis in his knees already. So I don't know that. And that's not something you can just go get fixed. That's something he's going to have to play through for the rest of his career. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, see a rotating I, door. Yeah. Philip Rivers and his his running backs have been since Ladainian Tomlinson. It has been a rotating door. Melvin Gordon has been the best since, but he has had inconsistencies just, in himself, and he played like shit right. in the playoffs. I just think with Philip Rivers, this being maybe his last season or last couple seasons moving forward, it's championship or bust for them. Gordon is their best offensive player. I don't. I just think that they find a way to keep him around, to keep the, the locker room and you know together, to prove that they're all in. I think that because the Chargers never have. When have, they, the Char- like, when, have, when have we ever been like, oh, the Chargers are all in. Look, they're making power moves. No, they're never the team to do. They're the most vanilla, one of the most vanilla teams and overhyped teams every year. Yeah. Philip Rivers has had a great career, but no one ever believes that he's going to do it. Right. Never. So I think this is the time they were like, you know what? We really need a group together. We need to find a way to keep Gordon here. He's our guy. Let's keep the locker room together. Let's let's move forward and you know, let's go get us a ring. Do it for Philip. That's how I'm looking at it as far as the ownership is going. Week one, Melvin Gordon, is he a charger? Yes or no? No. Trevor? Yes. I'm going to say no. 
I think that the Char- guys, I, 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 I do think the Chargers see the value in him. But I, do. I, I also don't believe they think he's worth the money. He's not. I don't. I, I, I don't think he's I, not. I, I do agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I don't either. They're I, all my, in. my personal yeah. opinion. I'm just. I'm putting my brain in the brains of that organization. Yeah. And I think they want to. I don't. But, I don't think they want any disturbance. But do you think that? Season. But do you think the Chargers want to overpay? Yeah. If it, if it, if it. Okay. Say they overpay and they get a ring this year. It's all worth it. Well, according to NFL.com, there are five potential potential suitors that can they can trade. Oh yeah, and here here they are, and they all they all make sense. Oh, if they can make a good trade. I'd be all for that. The Bills, the Bears, yeah. the Packers, the Texans, and the Buccaneers—all teams that desperately Packers need a starting a running. Run a sense. The Packers would be scary. I'm saying, him running the back. and they Ooh, would give up picks. That would be a good team. That would be then, a scary team. Then think about it. The Chargers could then use one of those high picks yeah. to go and get their future quarterback. Well, the Chargers could be yeah. like Aaron Jones from the Packers. Yeah. They made a deal with the Packers. I think Aaron Jones is a hell of a running back. Yeah. He'd be on the cheat for sure. He's still on his rookie contract. All right, Eddie. All right, man. It's your time, man. Let's go. Let's fill in some cracks. Give us some <laughs> updates of what's going on outside of our little world we like to call the U.S. of A. Ooh. Nice. Well, it's just a couple of things I want to talk about <laughs> <Ooh>. today. <laughs> just a couple of things I want to talk about today. Uh Obviously, I want to talk a little bit about the United States women's national team winning the World Cup back to back. It is not an easy task. Uh, it definitely is not. It, it's the World Cup. It, it's the biggest stage of them all, you know. No big deal. Uh, it, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they drew, uh, I believe, it was one billion viewers this World Cup, and I think that's the most a woman a woman's World Cup has ever had in, in its entire existence ever. Uh, I think the first World Cup was in like 91, if I'm not mistaken, 90, 91. So, I mean, I mean it's still relatively new, but it, it's only growing. And, and I, I just want to put out, put out the importance of the World Cup title that the women's just, just definitely brought back home. Uh, it, it was a great game. It was amazing watching the women's go out there, uh, play their style, play their game. I, I I said it was gonna be a really tough game. It, it always happens. Uh, it, like I said, it, on paper, they were obviously the best team out there. But uh, as you saw during the first half, they struggled. They they were they couldn't find they couldn't find that goal. Yes, they were getting shots on goal. Yes, they were the dominating team, but they just couldn't finish the play. So obviously they were struggling. Uh, just like I expected them to be. I, I called it. I called it on the last uh, podcast. I, I said it was not gonna be easy. Second half, we got uh, we got the PK, uh, and Rapino made made the goal, and everything changed after that. You know, uh, I think that the U.S. women realized that, hey, you know what, we keep doing what we're doing, it's just gonna go in, and sure enough, uh, Rose Labelle making a sweet sweet play. Uh, she took it almost from half field, or uh, and just. Went up there and shot, and it was a nice goal. Uh, it was beautiful, and, and that was just enough to to push the woman through to win the World Cup. And uh, it was beautiful. It was, it was great. I liked it. Uh, no complaints here. Um, my only complaint. It's not. A, it's <laughs> no not. It's, my it's only not. No, hold on. It's not about the women's. It's not about the women's. I, I'm done talking about the yeah, women's. Yeah. My only complaint is, is it's about the men. And and. The men have been struggling in recent years. In the past two, three years, they they have been in this downhill that they just can't seem to get out. Uh, they played Mexico on the same day. Later on that day, they played the final against Mexico in the Gold Cup. Uh, it was a dominating. It was a dominating first half for the for the men's national team. 
but coming coming into the second half, you can tell they were already too tired to to keep that pressure on Mexico. Mexico Mexico just played their game. It they they didn't change their tactics. They didn't do anything. USA uh, Josie Altidor had a clear clear open shot on goal, and he just completely missed it. Josie Altidor, he's no longer the player everybody thought he was going to become. He he never was. Uh, I don't think he ever will be. He's getting too old, and uh, he just couldn't finish the the, the 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 last play. That that ended up hurting them. Uh, Mexico came out second half, and they were pushing. Uh, they they just kept playing their game, and they got that winning goal. What's next for this U.S. men's national team? I honestly don't know, but what I do know is that CONCACAF, which is the the North American region uh, soccer federation, pretty much you can say. Uh, FIFA is divided into different uh, uh, federations. You got the Conmebol, which is South America, CONCACAF, North America, UEFA. UEFA is your European. You got Asia and all this stuff. So you got Africa. So with that being said, CONCACAF made it super, super easy on the U.S. men's national team to make the World Cup, which I am totally, totally against this new new. Uh, way of playing the little tournament to determine who goes into the to the World Cup. So the U.S., Mexico, I believe is uh, Honduras, Costa Rica. So the, the best placed uh, countries in uh, in FIFA ranking are automatically put into this uh, into this playoff stage to where they they play each other. Uh, I believe it's two games, a home and an away game. Top three make the uh, make the World Cup automatically. Fourth place will play uh, the winning team on the second, kind of like the second division of the CONCACAF, which is fucking weird. So they're having two separate tournaments to determine the the, the World Cup uh, teams that are going to represent CONCACAF. Jesus, soccer is so weird, man. Why can't this be simple? Con- CONCACAF is weird. So... Uh, <laughs> With that being said, so you're going to have all your Caribbean countries, all, all the lower-ranking countries playing in this little tournament. The the winner of that tournament is going to play the fourth-place team where the U.S. is going to play at. So they're making it super easy for the U.S. men's national team to make the World Cup. I don't know how easy they can make it. Obviously, CONCACAF lost out on so much money because they didn't make the last, uh, last year's World Cup. Obviously... It hurt the U.S. and it, it it was it was embarrassing for the U.S. not to make a World Cup. It's embarrassing. So with Concacaf coming out with this new uh, type of tournaments, it, it's it's weird, but it's making it easy. The U.S. men's national team, I don't think it's gonna grow like this. They're just giving like a participation trophy. It like, sounds like they just here, want to have them in the World yeah, Cup. That's here's the what, World yeah. Cup. That's pretty much what they're doing to the yeah. U.S. And, and they want the viewership. They yeah. want the viewership. And that's not what the U.S. needs. I agree. Uh, obviously, Mexico is the best the best team in North America. Fight me. I don't care. that that. <laughs> Who the hell is going to fight you uh, on yeah. that? They brought their B team out against U.S. And exactly. They, <laughs> they were missing at least four starters in that team, and they still managed to beat the best United, right. United States team. I just I don't get it. Uh, Mexico, uh, they're in a shitty, shitty confederation. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. 
I, I don't want Mexico to be in this kind of because it's only going to be it's it's only going to make them worse because the comp, there's going to be no competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Th- there's no longer going to be that competition to where I got to beat this. I got to beat this. I got to, yeah. you know, because before you would have to, they would play like a little qualifier to make it into this last little tournament that they're going to, that they, they, they play in. So you have to be the, the best two in each of your groups to, to get, uh, go into this, uh, uh, little 16 bracket and then you guys play each other you yeah. know what i mean now they that's all gone now you, you already automatically go into the the top six teams and you're already playing for a spot for the world cup yeah. makes no sense right. so you, you want to start from the ground and up you know you you want to see what your team can actually bring in yeah. not automatically be fed the world cup I, i'm a little pissed and upset about that Concacaf said it's, it's better for whatever reasons uh I just think money is involved in this, uh, as sad as it sounds, but that's it. That's uh, how it works. Yeah, and then for last, uh, my last uh, topic about this is going to be Antoine Grisman. He's uh, obviously a French uh, soccer player. He he used to play for Atletico de Madrid, but Barcelona paid the release clause of 120 mil, uh, 100 uh, million euros. It's a lot of money. But the story here, it's kind of like a soap opera. So apparently Antoine Griezmann, back in February, uh, started negotiations with Barcelona, which is technically illegal because you're still under contract with your current team. He still had, I think, I believe three more years under that contract. So it, it, it was illegal for the for Barcelona to come in and talk to Antoine Griezmann to, to, to kind of find you know terms in, in their negotiation to how much they're going to pay the player. And all this stuff, you know, it it's like tampering. Yes. Yeah. So, but there's no rules yeah, no against it. Yeah. Rules, yeah. So, Atletico Madrid filed a, a complaint about that. Uh, Barcelona didn't even deny it. You know, they, they didn't even come out and say, "Oh, that's a, that's a lie." So, in March of this year, there was already an agreement between the player and Barcelona. Atletico. Uh, issued a statement saying pretty much that it, it was so disrespectful to the club and so disrespectful to the fans that they were playing that they were in the middle of uh, playing Juventus in the Champions League and in a crucial time in in the in La Liga in the tournament or Spain's uh, league. It, it, Atletico Madrid pretty much just said, "Yeah, it, this is so disrespectful. Uh, we're not going to sell this player to you. I don't give a fuck. Like we don't yeah. give a sh- like, like we don't give shit." <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so, uh, listen. You have to understand. We don't give shit. All right. We don't give shits around here. We don't give shits. All right. We don't give. Uh, we, we don't shit. even put at before. What did you say? You wanted to run a shit? <laughs> no, not today. So yeah. So what the, the the thing is now? So the thing the thing now is that Barcelona paid the release clause of 120 million euros. But see, the thing is, in his contract. It, before I believe July hit, July first hit. Before that, his release clause was a two hundred million. Ooh, that's so, a lot of money. So <laughs> think about this. So Barcelona knew they were gonna get the player in March. They literally waited till July first till the release clause dropped eighty million to pay to pay Atletico the one hundred and twenty million. So now Atletico filed a complaint saying that. You're paying me the other eighty millions because you already had an agreement with this player when the 
release clause was set at 200 million. So they're demanding 80 million from Barcelona. So it, it's a continuing soap opera. Barcelona already announced the uh, the official signing of uh, Antoine Griezmann, but uh, we still got Atletico over here saying, "Hey, you fuck that. You still owe us 80 million." We're so. Where is this going to go? It might actually go into, uh, uh, I believe, it's, it for the abbreviations, is TAS. It's like the arbitration, whatever, like where a soccer player go for does like he have big lawsuits, like big, have big lawsuits. Does the player anybody, though? Does the player, can he make a stink and get At, his way? No, because, no, because of the release clause and you're under a contract. Uh, okay. So in Mexico, the way contracts work is completed. Like no. <laughs> so see, like if a, a player gets traded to a different team, gotcha. they don't they don't carry that contract. Mm. They completely sign a new contract. Oh, okay. So that old contract is voided and they, they sign a uh, like a brand new deal. Mm. So let's say you still had three years within your old contract that's voided. You just now signed a five-year deal worth a lot more. Gotcha. So now with this deal with Barcelona, I believe it was uh, – if I'm not mistaken, he's going to make – fuck. We'll make he, – he's going to be one of the top top best players uh, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And his release clause, just because this Barcelona, they set it at 902 million euros, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot of money. So yeah, that's that's a continuing soap opera. Maybe next week we'll have a a, a better uh, understanding as to what's going to happen on uh, with that. So drama, drama, man. We'll see. Drama, drama is everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, my right. cracks. Ow. My cracks Ow. are filled in the cracks. I like. Oh yeah, yeah. My, my cracks are filled. <laughs> Favorite segment of the night, guys. What is it? Hold Hold this L. It's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. (laughs) The who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L, 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 Cool J style. Hold that L. (laughs) Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <laughs> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold this L. Brought to you by Casey Beard Company. Beard and skincare products handcrafted with 100% organic ingredients in Kansas City since 2014. Giving you everything you need to take care of your beard and skin on a daily basis. Visit Casey Beard Co. at CaseyBeardCo.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Casey Beard Co. All right, guys, here we go. Eddie, who is holding the L this week for my guy? Go. Oh, man. It's it's a funny one, I guess. Uh, no, not, not a funny one, but you guys might be a little I bit surprised. Laugh. <laughs> no, I better laugh. No, you, you're not going to laugh. You guys are going to be surprised as to who I'm giving my L to, and I'm going to give it to Russell Westbrook. Hmm. Why am I giving Russell Westbrook the L? Not only did you begin your career in Oklahoma City Thunder, you began with KD. I believe it was two years or a year after he got drafted by OKC. They drafted James Harden. Not only did he lose James Harden, but then he went and lost KD. They brought in PG-13. Guess what he did? He pushed PG-13 out too. Uh, (laughs) And to make matters worse, he obviously got traded because nobody was going to come to him, so he had to go to somebody. 
I love Russell Westbrook. I'm a huge OKC fan, but you know, like we we had have to accept that that you know that Russell is could be the cancer to a team. You know, I, I don't know if it's his attitude in the court or off the court, but obviously he's driving players away to where he has to go and find players. Um, you guys might not be uh, uh, what's it called like on board with me, but you know I believe that. Uh, that's worthy of an L to me. So, Russell Westbrook, hold, hold this L. L. It's funny you said that because mine was actually going to be Oklahoma City Thunder franchise. <laughs> Sam because, Presti in particular. Yes, yeah. because he drafted amazingly well since 07. Since the, I'm, I'm going to change mine now, but I'm just going to kind of go with what I was going to say just for a second. In, 20, in 2007, when the franchise began as the Thunder, they drafted Kevin Durant, and then they back-to-back the next year, back-to-back drafted – Russell Westbrook. Well, Kevin Durant played with the Supersonic well, one season. 2008. Right. Yeah. He pretty much was the one birthing the Thunder franchise. He was yes. the guy they're going to build around, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And then they dropped it so well. They landed Harden and Serge Ibaka, too. And Serge Ibaka. Prime Serge Ibaka. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And, and even Perkins was a good player back then, yeah. too. Solid uh, guy off the bench. And solid center. Anyways, they dropped it so well, and they have absolutely nothing to show for it. Three superstars on the same team with a superstar, superstar six-man who became – an MVP. <laughs> I mean, and then you have you have one finals appearance out of that, and and, and no other appearances. Three of the last finals, fi- NBA, right. Three of the last MVPs in the NBA were on that team. And then not only out, and then outside of last, I'm not outside last outside of that. The last two years, they went and got another super quote unquote superstar in Paul George. <laughs> Let's not reinvigorate that debate. Yeah, and then <laughs> and what did they get from that? Two first round exits. It's embarrassing to me, dude. There's no reason for you to have all that. That may be the most wasted talent ever in NBA history. I think it is. I don't remember anybody having that much talent and wasting. I it. mean, they did get to a finals, but they got their asses handed well, to them by LeBron. That so. was a legendary Miami Heat team. Yeah. Let's be real, yeah. too. But but they were up in that series too. Or were they up? In, oh no, 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 they weren't. I'm thinking they the, got, uh, the Warriors. Was it four one? No, no. The, the Thunder did win game one. Okay, yeah, they did start. Up. Yeah, that's, LeBron that's, got that's hacked. I remember it, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and the Miami took over from mm-hmm. there. But yeah, I mean, it's, so yeah, that was gonna be mine. Was gonna be Oklahoma City, but Russell Westbrook, pretty much the same idea. Um. My, so I'm just going to rebound mine and go with Chris Paul. Um, Hall of Fame player, first ballot Hall of Fame player in my mind, had so much potential. He just lacks so much leadership. He's a, he's The perspective that we've all gotten most of his career, he's just an asshole. He's, just, he's a bad locker room guy. He's very egotistic. For some reason, he thinks he's the cock of the walk, and he has no hardware to show. But for some reason, he's, just, he's a chemistry killer. And – He's had nothing but failure in his playoff, you know, appearances. And he's he's had nothing but talent around him. Most of him, most of his career, he's had great teams. I mean, I know his his early days, not so much. Um, his numbers have always been great, but we've seen them develop. And it's it's honestly it's like a slow burn, sad ending to a bad movie. It's really really that's is. pretty well put. Yeah, I mean, it's a slow burn. <laughs> we've seen we've seen him slowly become just more and more of an asshole and more more and more of a make himself look worse and worse as his career has gone on. Kind of puts a lump in your throat because he's yeah. so damn good. Little, you know? Exactly. You're one, of the, one of the best pure point guards we've ever seen. Ever, ever seen. Yeah. Hell of a defender all of his career. One of the best passers we've ever seen. A good pure scorer. Can shoot the three. You know, it's just it, – I. it's one of the biggest wastes I've ever seen in, in, in a true point guard that, whose game I love. Um, for him to be a guy that's ruining and wasting years of James Harden's career, MVP seasons um, – yeah, so I don't know. I just think Chris Paul has really wasted his career for the most part. He's had great teams in L.A., great teams in Houston. Um, 
yeah, so Chris Paul is going to have to uh, hold, hold this L. Good calls, guys. I like that. I think uh, this is the first time I think we've all had NBA-related L's. Yeah. Is, I mean, there's so much NBA stuff going on right now, so it's – You know, I've had bad weeks. So much movement. I've had bad weeks before. I've, I've been wrong consistently yes. in my life. There's been like strings of just bad luck where I'm like, God damn, I'm just wrong all the time in this whole thing. That happens a lot, by the way. <clears throat> I could vouch for that. I, I'm starting to feel like me and Chris Broussard are a lot alike in that regard. Um, <laughs> because my guy Chris Broussard had one of the worst weeks yeah. a, a, a sports personality blasted, has man. ever had. <laughs> and there's been a lot of like, – Skip Bayless exists. And for that to be the case, <laughs> that should tell you something. Captain Contrarian, yeah. Chris Broussard was so wrong in so many ways during the frenzy, the NBA free agency frenzy, where he talked about – Kawhi gonna be a Laker unless there's a change of heart. Like this dude. Let's not leave out Jalen Rose now, too. Jalen Rose. Okay, but here's the thing about Jalen Rose. I'm 99% hearing. Here's the thing about Jalen Rose, though, that I will give him the exception. He doesn't claim to have tons of sources. He just said he had Raptor sources. He was wrong. But here's the thing Chris Broussard's entire career has been predicated off of sources and being able to report things. That's not Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose is a personality. When he's a highly takes. respected reporter and analyst. Yeah. That's my point. So he took a massive loss this week, guys, because he stated numerous times on several different shows, The Herd, yeah. Undisputed, Speak for Yourself, Twitter. that it's a lock. And not only was it a lock that Kawhi was going to the Lakers, but that the Clippers were out of it. Yeah. They weren't even in the discussions anymore. That was He, he was being on record saying these very things. I know that Kawhi keeps things to the chest. He doesn't give a lot. But the, the the insinuation that he was so certain of what was to happen, and then it literally go the exact opposite way. Mm-hmm. And then, then he makes these tweets a, a week before, a few days before, rather, of KD. He's going to the Knicks. And then he says, no, actually, he's going to stay with the, the, the Warriors. Right. And then an hour later, he goes to the Nets. Constant backpedaling. I mean, look. I get that you sometimes you're going to have sources that kind of lead you astray. It happens. Rick Buecher talked about it this last week on, uh, I think, Gottlieb's show about how Kobe Bryant back in 07, 06, when he said that he wanted to be traded. Right. Rick Buecher, he told Rick Buecher, Kobe Bryant did tell Rick Buecher, I'm not coming to training camp, or I'm not coming well, to summer to camp. He told Stephen A. on live TV. He, he said, he goes, you're, you're not going to see me there. I'm demanding a trade. Right. So Rick Buecher went with the story. He asked Kobe, is it okay if I go and report this? Kobe said, yes, because it's going to happen. That summer, day one. Kobe Bryant's there before anybody else, and Rick Buecher looked like a total idiot. So I get that guys are going to look bad at times. Right. But Chris Broussard put himself out there as if he had some sort of like solidified, cemented proof and source material that Kawhi was going to be a Laker, and that if he doesn't, he's going back to Toronto. The Clippers aren't even in the discussion. They just had a formal dinner, according to him, and he ends up going there and bringing Paul George with him. So my... <laughs> I, I love I love Chris Broussard. I've had a lot of respect for yeah, him. But yeah, yeah. I, I lost a lot of trust with the guy this week. So Chris, I love you. I love the way you say LeBron. But tonight you're going to have to go ahead and hold, hold this L. Because my God, you had a bad week, my brother. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty bad. A lot. Of, I mean, a lot of people had bad weeks trying to guess this freaking this whole situation. That's the thing, dude. Like yeah. everybody claimed to know where Kawhi was going. I mean, I knew the whole time. <laughs> well, you Eddie, you said you're on the phone with him. So how yeah. the fuck did you get it so wrong? Well, uh, what's the name? Um, I miss I misheard Clippers for Canada. Just saying. Um, well, they both the begin Ryan, with did you hear what Ryan said? No, I did not. Well, supposedly he didn't say which team. I, I mean, I, I think he hinted at it being none other than the Clippers. But supposedly Kawhi Facetime one of their 
people, I'm not sure if it was Jerry West or somebody, yeah. telling them to get Paul George. Well, if he called them up face It obviously person, happened. But, I mean, we'll be damned if LeBron tries to recruit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Guys, this has been a great show. Thank you so much for everybody that's been listening. We would love to keep going. Uh, unfortunately, our lives call us back. Some of us have families like Trevor. Um, but we will be back Friday, next Friday. I want to thank everybody that's listening. I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters, all of our sponsors. These local retailers are great people. We don't just put them on here for any reason. These are great people and great businesses. Go and visit them. They have what you're looking for for any type of gift at any time of year. Um, I want to thank my brother Brandon, Evan, all these guys for opening up their doors. The, you know, the Casey Beer Co. Studios, we do get mobile at times. And I want to thank them for opening up the doors and allowing us to have this place tonight. It was a great place. The acoustics are great. I might do a solo <laughs> set after this. I haven't definitely, decided definitely yet. Definitely go on iTunes and give us five-star reviews. and Five-star yeah. reviews, please. Yes, those we, are important. we like those. And, uh, again, thank you for everybody that's been supporting us. We're 20 episodes in. We cannot wait to get to 20 more episodes after this. It's only going to get better from here, guys. We wanted to start this show when we did because we wanted to get – break the ground where we did when the seasons were quote unquote dead, where football was over basketball was still around, but we, you know, obviously that doesn't carry everything. Basketball is an acquired taste. Everybody loves football. So we wanted to get the show going before the next football season took off. And then we, that way we can all talk about football. We can be deep into the show. So thank you all for being patient with us. I know this is a tough trying time of the year, but we're going to get through it. And I can't wait to do prediction shows to have more guys on as this, as, as time progresses, get Arrowhead pride guys back on six ten guys, get these personalities back out there. But in the meantime, thank you for letting us listen for us to ramble in your ear while we have. And until next week for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, Casey Birko studios. I am Lance Twidwell. We out of this bitch. See ya. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening guys. See ya. You are tuned in to I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.